What is up, everybody? We are live. We are Doctrines of Rad. I'm Drew over here somewhere. I always point in the wrong direction as Logan, and we are joined with uh, a very special guest, uh, Mr. Russell Hunter, or as you might know him on uh, Twitter, T. Russell Hunter, and I always like to say Trussell Hunter when I see uh, his name. So Trussell Hunter, welcome. Uh, yes. Abolitionist Rising is uh, is his a brainchild, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other people involved in huge it, fan. but um, huge, he's huge kind fan. of the face behind it. If you've been scrolling on TikTok or you've been scrolling on YouTube shorts, you've probably run across a few videos uh, from uh, the Abolitionist Rising uh, page. Uh, welcome, Mr. Hunter. We are uh, we are blessed to have you, my friend. Thank you for coming on. I'm blessed on. to be here. Hey, awesome. Well, glad to be here. Awesome. Logan's going to open us up. Go ahead with your Bible verse today, sir. Yeah, so I wanted to start off with uh, Psalms 127.3. So children are a gift from the Lord. They are reward from him. Um, and so today's episode, we're going to kind of go over, uh, Russ, what you do, um, basically some street ministry. And then obviously it's a lot more than that. Um, but uh, there's a lot of awareness on YouTube from your just your dialogue with people on the streets and how uh, how that those interactions take place. And honestly, it's a lot of you educating uh random strangers kindly even if they're not uh, as kind in return um, but then just giving them something to just think about i think a, a lot of times i try to watch the body language of the individuals that you um communicate with and there's a there's moments there where the camera will kind of capture it where there's a hesitation where they're like well maybe i am wrong about this and i think those are good moments right so that we're eventually getting to a point where we can make abortion unthinkable um and just something that's no, a thing of the past, really. Amen. Yeah, so Russ, uh, real quick, before we get into just the, the having fun of, of, of talking uh, through this and what you do, um, give us a quick overview of, of how Abolitionist Rising started, um, the difference between Free the States, if there is a difference, um, how long you've been doing it, kind of, if, if anybody doesn't know who you are that's watching this, you know, who are you? Yeah, so I've been an abolitionist for, I need to really figure this out, like 12, 13 years. I keep on saying 12 or 13. So um, the Lord broke me of my own sort of like apathy towards the abortion Holocaust about 13 years ago. And uh, I pretty quickly, I was a university guy and I pretty quickly was uh, trying to think like, how do I, how do I, you know, love my preborn neighbor as myself? And uh, was pretty nerdy theology, active in a church that that was like, if you're going to engage social issues, you got to engage them biblically. So the first thing I did is I looked at the pro-life movement and uh, found that the pro-life movement didn't seem all that rooted in biblical truth. Or if they spoke biblical things, they didn't really seem to apply them. When talking to lost people, when helping people who are choosing abortion, um, or when dealing with legislation. So is about around that time that I was studying abolitionist slavery. And I don't want to go into that because I've talked about that a million places, but uh, looking at, you know, what do I do to love my preborn neighbors as myself? How do I do that in a, in community? Cause I think Christians are meant to do things in community. And just with a bunch of folks from our church, we, we started an abolition society group, started going to the high schools, the colleges and the abortion clinics. And, uh, and that kind of steamrolled into, okay, other people want to do this in the same way. We were very upfront about being Protestant evangelicals, gospel centered folks. 
and so other people, this is like the birth of Facebook, which seems like forever ago, but you know, this is, we were yeah, just, it really wasn't long. that it's, long ago. If you wasn't really that long ago. I mean, yeah. I mean, Facebook may have been around for about four or five years before that, but this was like, when you put something on Facebook, it went to everybody is before they started locking it down. And so abolitionism kind of got at least popular among a certain set of folks and spread and kind of became more than just our little local group. I mean, we were, we had a local group that was sort of like under the um, elder, like under the ministry of the church. But then other people that were just seeing memes and pictures and stuff were like, I want to do that. I mean, I'm in Ohio. I want to do that. I'm in Washington state all over. And so it began to replicate. And, uh, you know, abolitionist, it became pretty clear that what we needed to do is draw a pretty strong line between ourselves and pro-lifers for for very serious reasons. Yeah. Um, can, we, can we talk about that a little bit? Because. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, I mean, live action. I, I, I listen to a lot of their stuff and their debates. Um, and there's something about the language you use. Right. So you said abortion Holocaust. Right. So there's you're making connections uh, that I guess hit with a, with the audience in yeah. a very uh, emotional level. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Go for it. I was just gonna say, there's also just a desire to be accurate. You know, you don't, you don't like use like Holocaust if it doesn't actually work, but you know, like the word right. of like passing babies through the fire, which predates the Jewish Holocaust and why they use that word, um, which is, the abortion Holocaust really is a Holocaust. It's the mass murder of babies and the burning of their bodies. And it's just, it's that vast destruction of humanity. But so I use a lot of that language secondhand at this point without really thinking, Ooh, this is more harsh than some people are used to. Um, and I think a lot of that is picked up and adopted from the kind of abolitionist of slavery that I followed. They were harsh as truth, as uncompromising as justice. When everybody wanted to kind of euphemize what was going on, going on, they wanted to just be like, no, chattel slavery is man stealing. And according to the law of Moses, it's a capital crime. Repent, you know, like the, this is a crime. And so that sort of language was modeled by a lot of the guys that I was reading and a lot of the prophets um, that I was reading at the same time. So I think a lot of the a, a lot of like the differences between abolitionist and pro-life that sort of sprung up and i guess i was i was heading towards like eventually it had inroads you needed free the states to to say which bills are good which bills are bad which bills like essentially shorthand which of these abolition which of these anti-abortion bills would god vote for and which would he not right um, yeah and so that that led to the birth of free the states eventually okay and uh and free the states kind of existed to say good bill, bad bill for people who are new to it. And, you know, cause a lot of Christians just pro-life bill must be good. Don't realize that there's like line after line in the pro-life bill that like God hates. And, and we can talk about some of those, but like, absolutely. Like, yeah. Super. Because I was, I saw your, uh, I saw your post where it was like a diagram. It was like abolition is where you're chopping down the tree, but like uh, pro-life is like, or live action or whoever, like anybody that's a pro-life or it's just, clicking like just pulling you know pruning it yeah. versus actually pruning cutting branches. it at the core and that and that ultimately comes from like a difference in if you start with abortion being sin 
And you say, well, how does the Bible teach us to deal with sin? It's radically, it's like cutting, cutting your hand off or gouging your eye out. It's yes. radical, final. You don't sort of tolerate sin as an individual or as a society and expect that sin to be removed. And when it says in Isaiah one, like remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, correct depression. It's not like do that gradually. It's like, do that. Uh, when it was like king after king, tear down the high places and soft sacrificing your children to Moloch. It's not like some of them. So, you know, it, gradually, because that's what works. So a, a lot of the abolitionist stuff and a lot of the consternation came from just Christian people saying, okay, I'm going to agree with the general pro-life position that babies should be saved and that life is precious and God made it. But I'm going to disagree with them that we should be worldly wise and abandon biblical teaching on how to deal with sin and crime and, you know. Yeah, so just, remove the pluralism, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you, if you want to get deep into it, you know, I mean, there's there's five massive differences between um, pro-lifers and abolitionists. But after but just to go to the first question, free the state's kind of ran its course, we were saying if the states are not free to abolish abortion within their borders, if they don't have the ability, the 10th Amendment right to actually uphold the principles of the Declaration of Independence within their borders, are they really free? Or are they just slaves to some kind of federal system that won't let them criminalize murder consistently? And so that was good rhetoric and truth and made sense. But when Roe was repealed, they gave the states freedom to allow child sacrifice. And so the states were now free not to do righteousness, but the states were free to do evil. And yeah. so Dobbs was such a wicked decree, but we had we were stuck with this sort of like free the state's name. And it's like, well, what do we do? That doesn't make a lot of people are like, well, you got what you want. No, that's we never wanted states to be free to choose. We didn't want a peculiar institution of abortion like they had a peculiar institution of slavery in the South. The whole country as a nation before God should not practice child sacrifice. So that is one of the reasons the, the name had to change. The other thing is, is the focus from just a state doing it, which previous to Dobbs, a state doing that would would push the rest of the country towards a federal question decision, do we want to keep abortion legal nationally? Um, because Oklahoma has defied the Supreme Court. They've, they've asserted their state sovereignty. They've abolished abortion. What are we going to do about this? Do we send in the troops and force them to have abortion? Or do we have a conversation nationally? So strategically, it was very important to start with the state to, 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 to agitate the Fed. Now, if we just go state by state by state by state, we're going to have, you know, 600,000 to uh, 1.2 million abortions every year as we go state by state by state. And we're not provoking the actual question of like, should the United States of America have abortion? And we'll find ourselves in this rut if we're only sort of going after red states. Abortion continues to happen in California. You continue to get the 500 thousand abortions in California, like alone that aren't even being counted and they're doing it. And they're saying, well, we can do this because of Dobbs. Dobbs yeah, gives us right. real quick. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because for, 
I think for a lot of people, when Roe was overturned, that was, you know, a, a huge celebration, but that really, that, that really isn't as significant, I think, as some people are, are, are thinking. And so when you bring up Dobbs and I hear people bring up Dobbs all the time, walk us through why Dobbs is significant and, uh, and, and what the kind of goal is for that too. Yeah. So, uh, Dobbs is significant in the, in the sense of it is one of the most wicked decrees that the Supreme court has ever written. And the, the reason that's significant to say it like that is because most people don't think it is. Most people think it's peace, peace, but there is no peace. Most, most people think, Hey, this is a sign that we're winning. But really, Dobbs is like this long-winded, pro-life establishment-produced document that after 50 years of genocide, basically, instead of uh, lots of conservative pro-life Supreme Court justices sitting down and saying, you know what, Roe is wrong. There is no right to terminate human beings in this nation where we have a right to life. That was all wrong. We're repealing Roe. It was never constitutional. And you know what? Abortion isn't constitutional. And then you wipe it out. But what Dobbs actually did, though, is it did exactly what pro-lifers have always been saying. It repealed Roe, but it did not criminalize abortion. In fact, it said, we are not criminalizing abortion. That is a state's right. And so it all comes as this angel of light and everybody who's running like a pro-life organization. And I know I'm stepping on toes here, but it's intentional, but everybody, everybody who's like running a pro-life organization and they built it on, like, we're going to repeal Roe has to celebrate this thing mindlessly. And, and I don't say this, I don't say this to be mean or elevate myself, but if you want to separate a, a, a leader or an organization that gets it, from an organization that doesn't just go to their Facebook feed and look what they did on the day that Dobbs was repealed or that Dobbs was passed. If they Mm -hmm. celebrated it, well, they're like most people and they didn't think much about it, but if Mm -hmm. they kind of lamented it and maybe weeped, they understand just what we're dealing with. And that is a nation that's in rebellion against God, where you have lots of Christians rising up saying, we're going to honor the law of God against your unjust, unconstitutional, wicked court decrees. We're going to defy you because you are not doing what God told you to do. Bear the sword. And so when Dobbs came down, I mean, it, I, I, I almost want to say it's like the last time that I kind of weeped, you know, mm. but I mean, there was some, there was a time between <laughs> over something totally different, but it was, it was like the last time I was kind of looking at something and felt like deeply grieved. Mm-hmm. And and wanted to sort of I think we did a Liberator podcast episode is like live and we went, we went hours or something to just talk about it before we could even really yeah. process it. But like to me, I like wanted to weep because I'm scrolling through Facebook and everyone's celebrating this thing. And I'm like, if I were the devil and I had to do something to keep abortion legal in the United States of America for another five decades. Mm. I would replace Roe with Dobbs wow. because this is the thing that counteracts the growing sentiment of defying the Supreme Court to establish justice. And so to me, it was like, 
it was almost like I didn't, you know, I, I believe we're under the judgment of God, but I, I thought I looked at it and I thought we can now no longer like if a state abolishes abortion, they're no longer doing it in defiance of a wicked court. They're doing it in compliance with a court decree and they will let you abolish abortion in Oklahoma so long as it's really easy for all those Oklahomans to take a two hour drive and kill their babies in Kansas. Or yeah, that's the same. Right? Yeah, that's the same thing for here. You know, Missouri, that's where I'm at. Um, but just right across the the state line in Kansas, you know, there's Planned Parenthoods. Uh, in fact, I'll be uh, this Thursday, I'll be with Stu here who's watching uh, out there at the uh, Overland Park um, murder mill. Yeah. And uh, I'll be standing. It'll be my first uh, my first time, man. And it really is. Um, it really, I would say, obviously by the grace of God, but really you have inspired uh, myself, Russell, to to do this um, because it's just it isn't enough. I don't feel like I'm doing enough. And I, I think the sentiment is rising among other believers that are that that are because as we learn about this and as we are are educated on, you know, the significance of Dobbs and and really the fact that abortion is not illegal. It is still accessible anywhere in the United States. You may have to drive, but if you want an abortion, you can still get one. Uh, yeah. And and really well, that hinges on the criminalization of the act and, and holding murderers accountable for murder. Um, and yeah. that's, you know, I think that that's the thing that a lot of these uh, pro, I see Chris, Kristen Hawkins talking about this all the time. She doesn't want to criminalize women that get abortions and it's that's nonsense i mean how can you how can you be against something and say well but we're not going to so we're against it we don't want you to do it but we're not going to punish you so you're not really against it you're you just want it with restrictions you want it with uh right. you know you want to keep abortion well, but you want to have restrictions on it well russ could you like i go through kind of what you're saying about like the language around criminalization right like who is that for is it for all parties involved is it just for i guess for kristen it would be just the 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 administrators of it um so just kind of walk yeah. through because there's because on on the pro-choice position there is a lot of nuances behind people taking this action right and i want to have some kind of empathy there but at the same time stand up for what is right true and so kind of meet them where they're at, but at the same time, correct the, the process, like the, the decision. Yeah. And I think that there's a, there's a certain sense where a lot of this looks and sounds scary because of decades of indoctrination. And um, so something like Kristen Hawkins, when you, if you were to stop and think about it and you were able to neuralize everything you were taught from pro-lifers, it would just, it would look, it would be out of control nonsense. You'd be like, are you saying, so you're saying that women are victims of abortion whenever they choose to abort their babies. And the women who get abortions call themselves pro-choice and do it intentionally because they don't want to be mothers. They don't want to remain mothers. And they use all these euphemisms. So for us to believe that they are not guilty and I will get to the ones who aren't because there are some who aren't and I'll talk about them, but they're the, they're the minority, but, and we don't make laws for the minorities and actually the right. law that I, that I advocate will protect them. But it, the idea that women mothers are incapable of sinning to the point of shedding innocent blood 
is a deeply untheological. It's like, oh, are yeah. women not totally depraved? Like, what are we talking about? Are they not able to sin? Are they not able, able to sin in the way that other people are able to sin? What's going on here? And so I, so I are we the first culture in history where there isn't child sacrifice going on? Or are we one of the first cultures in history where we have mass legalized child sacrifice and we cover it up with the idea that women are choosing it? And that's point number one. It's not just women choosing it. It's men and women choosing it equally in most cases. Now, we're developing after years of this idea that you're not free unless you're al allowed to choose abortion. We are. It's been inculcated in our culture that like this is somehow uh, women asserting their autonomy and doing something powerful. Um, right. And so there is that sense wherein the abortion industry and everything has has debauched uh, womanhood, for, for instance, is sort of like, you know, done this to a lot of people. But in the end, when you're talking about when you really get down to the nitty gritty and uh, while, while we while someone was talking or I think I was talking, you did the pill thing like it's actually they don't really have to drive anywhere. Right. And so that's true. So, so if you think about so in Oklahoma, we're probably set, you know, anywhere between 3000, 5000 abortions in our state the year following um, the repeal of Roe v. Wade, after all the trigger laws, shutting down all the abortion clinics, there are no abortion workers meeting the demand for abortion. So in Oklahoma, here's what you got to imagine. Uh, a lady, young, old, whatever, she finds out she's pregnant. She doesn't want to be pregnant. She lives in Oklahoma. She thinks there aren't abortion clinics. What do I do? What anyone does, she Googles. Google says, you get your pills here. There are people saying, we'll buy them for you. We'll ship them to you. You know, if, if, you, if you don't want to get them from India, um, we can tell you how to get them from a neighboring state. Uh, we can put them in a box and you can go. You don't have to talk to anyone. And so this mother in this instance, and this is a lot of abortions, like this isn't like some of them. This is the vast majority of them. Orders an abortion pill. She may or may not talk to anyone about it. It comes to her mailbox. She pulls it out. She takes it because she does not want to be with child. So this is malice, a forethought, and the destruction of a preborn human being who is being knit together in her womb by God Almighty, and she's rejecting that gift with a poison pill. And nobody knows it but her. So who is the abortionist? She is. Yeah. She is her abortionist. Well, it's like I think of it as like hiring a hitman, you know, it's yeah, like it's, it's like just going out and hiring somebody to to commit the murder. But in this case, it's a pill and yeah. the murderer is ultimately the one taking the pill. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hiring yourself as a hitman uh, to kill your baby and getting someone to give you the tool that works well. And so so you say, OK, so that is, I think, meets every requirement of any law against murder. Yeah, it's. Yes. It just it's not example. Now, thing is, is so you criminalize that act. You don't criminalize the you criminalize the actual act. Who is the primary agent who's electing, who's choosing to have the child terminated? That's the person who's the murderer. And that's the person who would be put on trial. And if it was shown to a jury of their peers that with malice aforethought, she took a pill to terminate a preborn human being in her womb, she would be charged 
with murder. Now, the issue is, is that no one in our legislatures anywhere in the United States of America have been telling women this is murder. Don't do it. And if you do it, you're going to get in trouble. So the first thing we have to do is we have to tell them that and then we have to actually carry it out. This is going to protect millions of preborn babies and millions of mothers and keep them from becoming murderers. Now you say, mm. OK, but what about the the woman who's like minority. a sex worker or she's a child and she's being raped and the guy is forcing her to get an abortion? Well, he's the abortionist. He's the right. one with malice, a forethought, who gets the pill, takes it, p- makes her take it, and kills the baby. He's the abortionist. She's acquitted because yeah. she's not guilty, but he is. Yeah. Now, what if she drives a car across state lines and hires a guy? She's the abortionist, and he's yeah. the accomplice. So the, can I yeah. just so just so proving malice and forethought of who actually is responsible for the removal? Yeah. If abortion is defined okay. as the intentional destruction of a preborn human being, regardless of age, stage, location, all that sort of thing, it's whoever is doing the intended act of uh, eliminating the child, terminating the yeah. child. And so that is that is if you make that the law, you protect any woman anywhere who's being forced to get an abortion. That's how you yeah. protect them by actually criminalizing the act. Yeah, which in turn would actually the the so historically statistically right will we increase the 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 penalty? Oftentimes the action decreases, right? Um, oh yeah. So do you now, it would perceive still, that happening? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think abortion would still happen. I I actually I know you used the phrase at the beginning. People use it. I never I never used this phrase because I actually don't believe it's true. But um. Oh, 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 one caveat. So the phrase is make abortion unthinkable. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we can't make abortion unthinkable. Now, after the second coming and Christ is king Amen. and there are no lost people, abortion no dying or it's unthinkable. Prior to that, yeah. it is always going to be thinkable. Just like murder, rape, pedophilia, cannibalism, all kinds of things. It's all thinkable. The deal but is- you understand yeah, what they mean. I, uh, illegal I know, and thinkable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like this is, I mean, I'm not trying to be like rude to Words it. Words matter, like, Logan. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things where um, a lot of, most of the time, someone, if someone's saying it like you, I know they're just saying it because it's, you know, they're, they're saying we need to get rid of this. But when, when a lot of like big congressmen say, I want to make abortion unthinkable. It's because they're opposing criminalizing it. I don't want to criminalize it. Right. I want to make it unthinkable, which is better, which is not because you can't make abortion unthinkable if you're saying don't do this. But if you do, nothing's going to happen to you yeah. because well, it, we live so, in a world where people kill their children. Right. Well, right. But on the Logan, other side, we have. A, go ahead. Go ahead. Drew. I'll ask my question eventually, Logan. You can keep asking <laughs> over me. That's why <laughs> no, I'm, I'm starstruck, I, man. I, I love well, this guy. What I wanted to, I guess, to clarify, and, and what I hear you saying, Russ, uh, is in order to stay consistent, especially because pro-lifers will say, we want the abortionist, as in the doctor in the scrubs, that's going in there with the forceps and all the tools. We want mm-hmm. that to be criminalized. And they, they seem, in, in a lot of cases, they're, they're on board for that. 
but they're not taking, they're not being consistent with the fact that even if that doctor is not there, the person that is doing the act that is taking the pill on their own is replacing the doctor, but there's no penalty for them. So yeah. criminalizing just the doctor is not enough because it doesn't criminalize the one that is committing the act. What about Especially, the distributor of the pills? Well, I'm kind of a soft theonomist and I can't find anything word of God saying you can criminalize that stuff. Just decide, just as for people to think about like, yes, they're making these pills. Sometimes abortion pills were developed for something else. And then they found out these are abortifacient. Right. Uh, there's actually quite a bit of herbs and different things growing on the planet that are abortifacient. And so mm. we're not going to criminalize the guy who made those, but it's the act. <laughs> of it's like, I'm not for criminalizing guns or gun makers because people use guns to shoot other people right now mm -hmm. i get the, I, I i mean i don't make that there is a counter argument it's like no these people are purposefully making and packaging pills to say they're bad people shut them down but you want to know how you can actually shut them down criminalize taking those pills yeah they're not going to make them because there's no money they're all going to be black market they're all going to be underground it's all going to be constantly raided and the culture will begin to be sort of right with God and not killing their children. And when you stop the demand, they'll stop supplying them. And, and the thing is, the other deal is that after 50 years of fighting abortion with all this sort of like weird incrementalist regulation stuff, like about the size of hallways, what kind of pipes you got to have in your abortion clinic, shut them down for a week till they replace the pipes, all this pro-life stuff. Like there's been hundreds of pro-life laws that have been designed to sort of slow down abortion by messing with the with the supply trucks or the, you know, the, the people meeting the demand. Right. Um, by the time that the pro-lifers now, and I think because a lot of it abolitionist type thinking agitating them, by the time they're willing to say doctors should be punished for murder is whenever it's the easiest thing in the world to get a pill online. So it's right. almost like devil's been work. I mean, it's like, I think, I think the preferred method, I'm not going to speak on behalf of, you know, a fallen angel, but like the preferred method to kill a baby, an image bearer is whenever they're as close to like the first moment of the incarnation of Christ in the womb of women. And no one knows about it. You got yeah. people walking all over culture who murdered their babies, who they didn't even have to walk through Christians preaching at them. They didn't right. have to look at signs. They just got online and they, you know, spent 300 bucks and got some abortion pills. And so it is like, I think it's a like in in states like Kansas, people are ordering pills, but people still know there are abortion pills, so they go to those. But I right. think even there, it's going down because they are learning. Why would I walk through? Like I might see my uncle out there; he's a Christian. I might see him. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Why would I go to an abortion mill to kill my child when I can order a pill that will do it up to like twelve to fourteen weeks? Yeah. Recently, there was someone in the news. They did it to 20 weeks. They just took a lot. They just took a lot of abortion pills and they killed their baby at 20 weeks. And I talked to people on the street. They're like, yeah, um, like I live in a pro-life state where abortion has been abolished. And I talked to a lady on the street who said that she has to walk in and out of her living room and look at where the baby came out of her. Wow. Like what's well, what? Wow. Because you can murder like uh, where is the abortion clinic? Everybody's house, everybody's dorm room. Like where, so where's the sidewalk counselor supposed to stand? Right. Every, right that's why right. we, that's why 
we started going out into like colleges and high schools more. But I think a lot of this, a lot of this is, is all over the place, but it does, it does start with, am I thinking that there are people out there sinning to the point of killing their children? Or am I trying to deal with it by not thinking that way? So when I wait, so when I use the language like unthinkable, it's because I, I know that there's this pushback from the secular world that is saying, no, this is, this is fine. Right. This is actually pro women. Right. So we got to reverse that mindset. Um, I mean, how right. often are you out there holding your sign and you, you're just, you just feel like you're spinning your wheels and you're like, we are under judgment and nothing I'm saying to these people is actually doing anything. Uh, like, you know, I think back to like stories on the prophets where they're just like screing at Israel to do the right thing. And they're just blinded yeah, by and, their, and, by, and by the, the judgment prophets. of God. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> so, they didn't want to hear Yeah. It. Be careful, Russ. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Well, I'm a, I'm a real, in a first sense, before going theological in the answer, um, I don't feel like a prophet out there or like a I weeping know yeah, yeah, I'm a... Where, no one, where no one's listening because there are some times in some places that we go where half of the people are like, I'm with you, man. And the other half are like, I would murder you if it were legal, you know? Yeah, dude, by the way, you're, you're, I'm seeing it. What's that? Your videos where you actually show the positive side, I don't know whose idea that was, but that That's was, what I said. Those are my favorite that was, videos. <laughs> that yeah. was so we encouraging to see because I just I, – I see you getting beat up all the time. And I'm like, man. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was a, a video of just people coming up to you in the middle of a discussion like, I love what you do. Thank you. Yeah. Right? And that, and that helps shift that conversation in your favor. Uh, the the most mind blowing thing about this whole deal is, and I, and I know what it was like to go stand a, stand and hold a sign on a college campus ten years ago, and now, and it's remarkably different. Like ten years ago, holding a sign of an aborted baby on a college campus, you were a lunatic and you were an idiot, and what you, you're probably you know whatever bad 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 man. Now it's kind of like extremist. What's up, you know? And uh, now some of that is because of massive things that have happened in the culture. And I think the right and the left and all this stuff has kind of emboldened conservatives that they want to sort of like encourage any kind of pushback on all the just insane lunacy out there. So I think that in the Providence, but, but what I want to say is that um, more, more than just the people that we're talking to, you want to blow your mind, get on our like TikTok or the abolitionist rising TikTok or the abolitionist rising YouTube Go to the shorts and look at the comments. Some of those things got like 10,000 comments and like the vast majority of them are positive. And they're like, that's right. That's good. I agree. Like these, you know, some of them are real. They agree, but they're really rude. They're like these, you know, evil demon leftists, you know, and way, way meaner than that. But, but there's <laughs> an amazing amount of like, you're right. They're wrong. You're acting normal. They're acting childish. And you're even, you see it from a lot of Christians, but you see it even from like non-Christian people where they're like, man, I'm really rethinking abortion. It's like, there's something that's happened. We, and I'm not saying our YouTube channel, but we definitely broke through and it's becoming seemingly rapidly. I know the algorithms are just showing me what they, what I'm supposed to see, but it seems pretty rapid that it's the pro-abortion position, which is the position of the idiots, and the abortion is murder; it should be abolished. Is the 
just clear logical position. If you were to judge it just by looking at comments. Now I know that some people are like, no, that's crazy. That's in your state of Oklahoma. No, we look at the stats. There are more people watching my videos in London than in Oklahoma. Wow. And so, and they're yeah. positive. The other thing is we were, we did a thing out in Bricktown, downtown Oklahoma city. And uh, we're just out there and we were mainly taught. It was like a live stream. Um, so there were about eight or nine of us and doing street um, engagement stuff. But there were people that, that came up and they're like, I watched this on YouTube or I watched, I, I can't, Hey, this is cool. I didn't even know you're like people driving through. And so it's like, there are millions of people who see this. And what blows my mind more than anything is they don't think it's crazy and they don't want to like, not mm. cool with you. And that is, that is like day compared to night of just like eight years ago. Yeah. I think it's just like something God's doing. Now, the other, the last thing, I know I answered a question so long, but the last thing. No, the theological um, part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, so, so you look at like Jeremiah or Ezekiel. I mean, like God's having Ezekiel like do some crazy things to, to wake up his culture. And Jeremiah, like these, these guys are being ignored. And, uh, you know, God's bringing the judgment. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm like them or abolitionists are like them in the same, in the same office or something like that but they have to weep and they have to look at it and they're like no one in my culture agree and like and they have to run for their lives and they're like gonna be killed and they get killed and the false prophets who preach peace when there is no peace have them murdered and stuff and some people think oh today is worse than it used to be no today is amazingly that like you know we've gone from what one man his 12 disciples to however many millions mustard and millions seed, of man. Post-mill, it, seed is, I mean, we don't have any nations yet like roosting in the branch, but there's like a, there's a lot of branches and a lot of shade. And some of that shade from that mustard tree is I, you guys, we can go out and stand on the corner and like boldly proclaim that Christ is the son of God and King and that people need to repent of their sins and I never, I, I mean, yes, some lunatic could drive by and shoot or stab or whatever. But I'm not worried about Nero. You know, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, you're not I'm worried not about becoming a Roman candle. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So so I think in a certain sense, we we are seeing um, the, the gates of hell out there, but they're not prevailing. Yeah. And uh, well, and so, so I don't feel I don't feel all that depressed ever. This kind of brings brings up, I think, a good topic of conversation. So if if I were to just watch and just consume your videos uh, over and over again, I would get the picture that every interaction is like this. You know, I think of the there's there's two very popular videos that you guys have out right now. Um, there's one where it's a couple uh, a man, a, a man and maybe a girlfriend or something. And they are just railing against you. It looks like you may be in a shopping plaza. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember the specifics, but they were just very yeah. angry calling names. You know, they were questioning your education. And then it seemed like, I think it may have even been the same location where another woman was just shaking, like screaming and just having a meltdown. Oh, I know what um, you're talking about. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like you get the picture that that's like, it, it may have been, it looked kind of the same background, but so yeah. is what is a normal, 
um, day for you. I mean, I, I can't fathom that every day is like that. And obviously the ones that are the most extreme get the most views. So that's probably why people are watching and they get shared around. But yeah. when you're out there, let's say you're on a street corner or you're on in a college or at a campus, um, you know, do you start early in the morning? Are you out there for several hours? Is it just constant, you know, interaction where it's bad? Like what is kind of walk me through like a behind the scenes of what one of mm -hmm. your uh, your daily um, engagements is like? Yeah, so I would say there's a certain sense where they're all very similar. But then there's, there's a certain sense where they can be different. Like you can go somewhere and it's sort of like slow. Like you're there and like there's just you're just for whatever reason. Oh, hello, little baby. Yeah, um, we have to take a reason. moment, guys, real quick and say congratulations to Logan. His wife just gave birth today. He's actually in the hospital. And uh, what a what an awesome way to kind of talk about life in a positive way. Uh, our friend Logan just had a, his second child uh, blessing, and uh, this is his baby right here. So congratulations to Logan. That's awesome. Both of the both of the young men that I work with just had babies. Or they didn't God. have babies. Uh, we don't believe that around here, but their wives had babies. And uh, James Silverman, if you know him, he had a, his wife gave birth er, earlier this week. I think Sunday. Um, Sunday. Congratulations, or gentlemen. Yes. Babies are just, yeah. Hey, we know we're going to win because we're the ones that don't kill our kids. Yeah, we actually so, have babies. That's, yeah. And that's a huge point, right? Because like, look at California, right? Um, it's not sustainable. Here is my great commission. I go, I'm going forth and multiplying and teaching my children to love the Lord. Um, eventually, the secular world will realize that like you're destroying yourselves. Um it doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, and, and the ones they do have, they teach them not to have babies. Right. Yeah. A lot I of always say liberals breed in the classrooms. Yeah. So there's, I think just there's the gospel is true. God's very, you know, much going to do the thing that he said he's going to do. And he's going to make yeah. all things new and bring everything in subjection to um, Christ. And so it's, that, and then that, that, seeing the baby and everything that does that exactly what I was going to say is like, I, I don't feel like downtrodden. I, I know that some, sometimes people, God gives different people, different personalities. Yeah. And, uh, but lost people don't bother me at all. And people who hate God don't bother, like they bother. I feel bad for them, but like, right. it's like Christians who are apathetic bother me or Christians who are like unbiblical bother me. But like, when I go out and I'm talking to a lot of people on the, on the sidewalks or whatever, you know, I'm not really all that freaked out. Cause I, I know we're winning. I know we win. I know he wins. And I know that he wins through us and that I can see that it is happening. And even if it gets really, really dark out there, it gets, you, it, it's an opportunity to see the light, like people that are shining as lights in the midst of a dark and perverse generation are doing that all over the place and we're all kind of networked and connected and talking to each other and stuff. And so I just think there's just so much good that's happening and, you know, yeah, th there's a long way to go. I wouldn't say that, Hey, we, you know, Christ is coming back tomorrow because we've got the kingdom set up. I'm, I'm not saying that, but, I, but I am saying that when you look at the state of things now, the temptation to be all despondent and pessimistic about it mm -hmm. is not one that's, I don't think is, 
easy to sustain biblically, but I don't think it's easy to sustain um, if you're really paying attention to what's going on. And, well, uh, and you kind of answered a little bit already. Uh, you say you don't, you know, you're not bothered by when the wicked are wicked because you know that they're going to be and you understand that we win. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you keep your demeanor? I mean, I think that is such an admirable, qual- uh, admirable quality that you have. My wife and I were talking about this at dinner. It's just when we watch you interact with these folks um, and they're throwing, they're, well, A, they're saying just, asinine things uh ridiculous things uh some of them are very hateful and and just you know riled up with anger and rage how do you did it take you time were you at one point where you were a little bit more agitated and then just kind of over time it's gotten easier uh or it's i mean yeah is, is it because you know you're being filmed <laughs> yeah how can you make a joke you want to be like well there's a rumor going around that we just Anytime I act good and say good things, we show those clips. And yeah. then if I act like a fool and get mad, we don't show those. I, I think people joke. have that's accused not, you of provoking people. Yeah, so. or like, or or only finding really dumb people and talking to them. And I'll just say uh, before God and all angels uh, and anyone else that can hear, no, we go out there, we talk to people, the people that you see us talking to, represent the actual people we're talking to. It sounds arrogant, but it's a statement of fact. Never ran into anyone out there on the street who like made a good argument for abortion that couldn't be answered. Never. It's never happened. You're like, well, no, you got to run into someone really smart who comes at it with an angle. It's like, what angle is there to justify killing a human being in a culture that claims to love, love is love and love your neighbor and that humans have rights. Like what argument, because scientifically they're humans. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you never run into would, anything. And I- and, Would you and, say and, your- Huh? Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna I was ask, just, would you say your big, biggest issue is that you, you're coming from a position of the baby and they're coming from a position of the mother and that's, how do you link the two together uh, to help it make sense in their mind the way it does for anyone yeah, else that I'm, believes in the Imago Dei? Yeah, because both the people you're talking about have rarely ever thought about it properly. And that's why they make all these sorts of weird blunders. And then they kind of like constantly have Freudian slips where they say it's not a baby, but then say it's a baby. Like within a, it's like, you know, we're not editing it. It's like within an uncut five second thing where they said, well, it's not a baby. And then like, they're like, they're like, hey, if I want to murder this baby, it's my prerogative. And you're just like, what did you, you know, it's like they know, but a lot of their arguments, are made solely on the women's rights type thing because that's right. the rhetoric. That's the BuzzFeed TikTok of, you know, normal. And they've never really thought about it. So they say things like, you know, it's a parasite. And you're like, what parasite is related to its host? I think you're looking for the word progeny, which is child. Like sexual, you, reproductive justice. What are you reproducing? A pig? Oh, no, a human. You re sexual re and so it's like they a lot of those videos look the way they are because most of the people and i'll and i'll blame i'll blame lost people and i'll blame blame christians lost people haven't thought about it they haven't thought about it at all and the reason they haven't thought about it is because for like the past five decades christians have let them think they're smart about it 
and not which challenged. we are the we are to blame, right? There is no mutual agreement here. It's either, either it, you you can't have uh, neutrality, as uh, Jeff Durbin likes to say all the time, right? Like yeah. it, it is our fault. America is in the state it is because Christians stopped standing up for the word of God. Yeah, and that's what and 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 that that's true. And that and the reason that you you never run into a good argument is because these people have never had to have one. They literally were able to say my body, my choice, and that count as an argument. And it, it and and there's not just a massive sort of like no i'm talking about the body inside your body my my you know, wife literally that. just bought that shirt from free the states she bought the oh. my the body inside of your body is not your body or something it yeah. says something like that She's yeah, yeah. It it's just, yeah it's like it's like they they're like holding up a, a uterus and you're like i have no problem with you having a uterus it's when there's a baby inside the uterus stop and it's like they thought when they were making that poster it was smart because no one ever told them that it was dumb and so like, I know it's like, so I, I, I'm nice. See, this is me. I like talking about them. I'm not as nice, obviously, you know, like on your show, but like talking to them, you have to sort of, it's sure. good. It's better not to just, sometimes you let them say dumb things for a while, just because you don't want to, to smash them because you know where they're going. Cause they all started the same way. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a certain sense where they're making that sign or they're getting their stuff together. And they think it's really like they they're like, man, this is a dope argument. And they go out and they use it. It's self-refuting or something. Yeah. But it's because they grew up in a Christian culture where you had one side going to like pro-life marches, never talking to them, and then the other side going to pro-choice march. And at the pro-choice rallies, they talk about how all the pro-lifers are a bunch of idiots. And so they think they're smart. And I think that we're supposed to never answer a fool according to their folly. And uh, I don't think we're ever supposed to let a fool walk away from a com conversation thinking they were the smart, wise one. So that's like, like I know we, we keep on not answering the question, but like the reason I'm probably calm is, and I think I've maybe become more calm over the years. Maybe I'm not, I'm not sure. I've seen some stuff from me. Like that's like 10 years old. And I'm like, that's the same. You know, maybe I was a little more shy or something, but yeah. it's because I know that their argument isn't true. I know that God's not on their side. I know that if there's anything entity wise that's helping them, it's not true and it's no good and can't do anything. And I have the truth and I have the thing that can like set them free. And they're bringing all this error and evil like I think a lot of Christians that you see, and I, I know there could be different reasons for why different people are freaked out, like don't think they have an answer and, you know, act kind of weird out there. If you think, no, there's nothing that this person can say that's going to, you know, shake my foundation, you're, you're not going to be freaked out. It, yeah. it may, I think that, I think that makes, at least for me, uh, and I don't know, maybe I, it may be supernatural or whatever, but. Well, that's a good point. I was going to ask that because, you know, in we see in Scripture, uh, particularly where the Lord says, like, don't worry about what you're going to say. You know, I will give you the words to say. And do you feel like that has been like that is a reality for you that is coming into play? Like, have you had moments where you you say something in response and you realize like, oh, that had to be the Lord because I wasn't thinking about something like that or I wasn't planning to answer it that way? Or it's like I never gave that answer before, and it just happened. 
Amen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've actually had that in sermons where like I've looked back on a sermon. And I'm like, I don't even know how it puts that like stream of thought together. That just yeah. came out of nowhere. It wasn't it wasn't in your notes. It just happened. No. Yeah. And I write them out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I got a question for you I, and yeah. I hope you followed up with this young lady. So there's a video and I'm going to have to do what you did in this video in the near future. Um, me and my wife are trying to figure out how to navigate this because uh, a friend of ours has had back-to-back abortions, like mm-hmm. within weeks of each other. Um, and it breaks my heart, but I'm trying to figure out how we're going to address this because my wife has asked me for to let her handle it, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you have a you had a young lady who is telling you that she's killed her baby, and you boldly in front of her told her you murdered your baby. Yeah, I saw that. Video. She. Yep. So she she's basically telling you like yeah I had an abusive boyfriend who was going to abuse me and the baby and you're like you you killed him your baby because he may or may not abuse but you murdered him instead you abused like, your baby you, you, yeah yeah you did worse so you didn't want him to be abused so you murdered him and that was some right. kind of in, in the pro choice mindset that's a mercy that's a that's a grace in their mind that you're not going to be abandoned adopted uh, mm-hmm. abused forgotten mistreated so i'm just gonna kill you instead no existence at all um which is unfortunate but has that woman ever reached back out to to you guys in any way no i mean i still think in the providence god that could happen that was in midtown oklahoma city and you know we'll be back there and i was it was actually across the street from where she works she's a waitress at a restaurant that's so i know you know i don't i i don't think she gave me her name or anything like that and and we and a lot of times i think we have that whole conversation up somewhere uncut um i think you can watch the whole thing it's there's a short but i think i'm not sure but like it's it's a it's a it's a not that long maybe she talked to me maybe 20 30 minutes or something like that and i probably told her four or five times that she murdered her child um and uh, one, I've I've told lots of mothers who've murdered their babies that they've murdered their child. And those are the ones, sometimes I'm not good at going to the gospel. Like if I'm dealing with like somebody who's like all this kind of, oh, Sam Riley, who's watching it, he's the editor. He says, yes, we do. That full conversation is up on YouTube. Um, but sometimes, you know, I don't know how many times, but. I've, I've told, I've told women who come up and say, I've had an abortion. Um, they're easy if they sit around, if they talk, if they stay there, like, I'm just, I'm just going to assume that like God wants them to be there and hear Amen. things. Yeah. Like there's no, like, why would someone who's aborted their baby come up to someone who's got a abortion is murder sign and stand there and let them talk to that? Like, there's there, there are at least four videos on our on our channel. There may be more, but I, I can think of four different women where they're like, what? Like, this is not what the pro-life movement says. The pro-life movement says you don't call it murder because you're going to chase them away. You don't um, you don't go that you 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 ease into it. And I'm like, well, my experience is, is that if you tell them the truth and you look at them and you listen to them and you don't be mean, they do tend to stand there and talk to you about it especially if you're telling them that you serve a God who forgives murderers. They may not accept that right there and then, 
but they're hearing that maybe for the first time. So they're hearing like the law of God against murder and they're hearing the grace of God right there together. And for me that like, I may not get to the gospel when I'm talking to someone who's given all these weird arguments, but with that person, it's just immediate and easy. Um, and so um, I, I don't know if my experience is just different than everybody's experience, but um, the, from about the time that someone says I've aborted a child, um, I usually, I usually am saying, well, you, you murdered your child. Like within 30 of them saying it. And I've had some of them stand around and talk to me for hour. Wow. Yeah. And so what I really, I don't know you, right? Like I, we, we just met today. Um, but it, it sounds like you stand on a firm foundation that you are truly convinced that Jesus rose from the grave, that he is Lord, right? Mm-hmm. That you trust scripture. And so you stand on that when you go out there and you're like, this is the truth. Oh, right? yeah. I am, I'm representing God. And so there's nothing, you know, there's no weapon formed against me, right? No argument that's going to, change my mind or anything else so it, 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 it was it was really educational to see that moment where you did try you were calm collected um it, like I, I i don't i don't know if it's in there but maybe show her like hey you know you can repent from this 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 is yeah. redeemable there's you know lay it at the foot of the cross yeah we have another one where it's a young lady who comes out from high school we're like not going to the high school we're marching by the high school and a lady comes out of the high school and walks like a half block up to us. And she's like, I'm, I aborted my baby. Am I a murderer? And I'm like, well, yes. <laughs> and then talk to, and, and, and we talk to her until um, like someone from in the school comes out and grabs her and brings her back inside. But it's, it's also um, up completely uncut on YouTube. I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, you know, it's, you know, just go to our videos and scroll. We don't have that many videos, but it's like, um, I'm sitting there talking to her and like, yes, she does hear it multiple times. And you can see on her, that's the, that one shot from over my shoulder. So you're seeing her face the whole time. You only see my face because we weren't out there doing activism. It was shot by someone who is video uh, recording the, the, the march, but that one she's looking, she's thinking, and she's kind of like nodding her head because I'm and I'm like, so you did it. No one forced you to do it. She's like, no, I chose to do it. And I'm like, OK, so you chose to do it. And, and you know, we don't leave her there. We don't like, oh, you're a murderer. Burn in hell. It's like, hey, but there's good news. And she listened to the whole thing. And then um, someone came out and brought her inside. But between the shorts and the video on that, that's got to have millions of views. And I yeah. hope that she like I've often prayed like, you know, Lord, like, I, I know we don't sometimes get to follow up. That was like in Wichita. Like, I don't live in Wichita. I'm not, but somebody, somebody can follow up with her. Some, she's going to likely see that video and have right. to like watch the whole thing. And, and here's the main point, probably the main thing that I think people need to think about when they're going out, because there's all sorts of different things, science, shirts, literature. The main thing they need to be thinking and know is that, God is far more interested in evangelizing the lost than you are. And so when a post-abortive woman is standing in front of you, talking to you for 30 minutes, you can be positive, not just because you have your 
theology right. She's there by the providence of God. Like this I is love how, that. There, this is how. Like she's standing there listening, and so yeah. you don't need to be sitting there thinking, "How do I um, say all these other things that pro-lifers have told me that are going to work?" You, you are. I, I, I think you were quoting. You were at least kind of quoting that um, sort of like we're ministers of reconciliation. You know, like we have this thing. We're ambassadors of this gospel. This person standing there, they're saying they murdered their child. You're going to tell her the good news. Amen. She's there because God sovereignly put her there at that mm-hmm. time. Now, she may not get saved. And, it, and it's guys, too. We keep on talking about women, but it's guys, too. But, like, she may not, like, sort of, like, uh, you know, travel down the Roman road and, you know, give her life to Christ right there and then. But that planted a I seed. That's it. To me, I always think, man, is God beginning a good work in her? Yeah. Because it makes God. no sense. Why did a teenage girl walk out of a high school and come talk to us? Wow. So That's how how many people or have you had folks in the past <clears throat> or people that you've spoken to uh, at some of your engagement events? Have you had them reach out? Have you had anybody after the fact send an email saying, hey, look, you changed my mind or you gave me something to think about or like. Are there any testimonies after the fact that, that that you guys experience? Yeah, over the years, there definitely have been. There's a lot currently like just online that where I see that the most is like comments online from people who are like my entire like I started watching this channel and my entire view on abortion is different. It's changed. Um, so that is increasingly common, seeing that a lot um, out there on the streets. There have been just and, I, and I'm not just talking about abolitionist rising, but like the abolition movement that I've been, there have been people that are now hardcore members of the abolitionist community or abolitionist movement who were guys who were like walking out of churches and someone handed them a pamphlet and Thanks they God. took it home and they read it. And then, you know, years later or months later, they're like, this is true. This is right. I need to get involved. So that is, that's pretty common. Um, I mean, even down to like the the head pastor of the fellowship that I'm a part of, he was an anti-abolitionist that was engaged, given, lit, argued with, watching and, and changed. So there is a lot of conversion that goes on. Um, and uh, and as far as like people emailing in sort of like just on the abortion thing, I think my favorite one, I've said it multiple times, but, you know, just someone messaging the website saying, hey. I was going to the bathroom at a mall in an El Chico and there was a card in the stall and it was like about rape and I was getting an abortion because I'd been raped and I didn't, you know, you're just like, so there's, that's like, there's a baby out there that's alive because somebody dropped a little card in a bathroom stall. There's a guy, he was watching some video that we did and it was a live stream. uh, And it was like a, it was, it was like targeting conspiracy theorists. You know, and he's just kind of like, yeah, no, I, I gave my life to Christ. I watched I watched this thing and didn't know it was about abortion and, wow. you know, gave my life to Christ. So and, and he's awesome. part of the community now. So it, uh, I would say it's not so frequent that like every time you go out, like, you know, you talk, you hear these stories about like every time I go to an abortion clinic, I save a baby. And I'm always like, that's weird. That's not my experience. Every time I go to an abortion clinic, I feel like going and writing pamphlets to wake up Christians because it's me and three other people out there. And we watched 15 people murder their children and none of them talk mm-hmm. to us. 
but some sometimes people go to abortion mills and see babies saved on a regular basis and i think that's just because god is doing it like he really is yeah. doing it so yeah, i what, gotta I, go ahead oh, go ahead logan you got a question no just just the same and i really gotta thank you guys and apology at radio for like i've always been anti-abortion but i've always been passive about it like you know i just kind of turned a blind eye to it even as a believer i was just like hey, um i didn't realize what i was turning a blind eye to though right so yeah, thanks to you yeah. your chance thanks to your ministry man and thanks to like just arguments that i've heard from jeff durbin and, and what they've done i just i was able to understand my flaw and just turning a blind eye so yeah, yeah man i'm grateful i'm so yeah. grateful Awesome. Yeah, I think it's just like once Christians stop thinking about it as like a political issue, as a pro-life versus pro-choice, like I'm on the right box instead of the left box. And they start thinking this is a love your neighbor issue. Yeah. Once that seeps in and you start thinking, oh, hey, the two greatest commandments are to love God with all my heart, soul and mind and love my neighbors as myself. Every baby aborted is made in the image of God and is being knit together by God in the place of the incarnation. And they're my neighbor. How can I say that I'm even keeping the commandments if I'm not doing something? And, and I, you know, I, I know I'm on here because I do stuff against abortion, but I don't do as much as I should or could right. and hopefully will. And so I think we're just, we're just so apathetic and, and raised in it and have been, well, we think we think the overturning of Roe means it's done. You know, like I think there's a lot of Christians that are out there that really think that, well, this was a, a major, huge victory. And so we can take a step back uh, or there's the folks that that are just like, well, I'm doing my part because I'm giving money to an organization uh, and mm -hmm. typically to like a pregnancy resource center or a pro-life organization that really is not fighting for the abolishment of abortion. And I think a lot of these conversations need to be had because Christians need to know the reality of it, that it's it's not enough to just give the money. It's it's not enough to just think that, you know, well, somebody else somewhere is doing something and I'm sure that's good. It's like, no, like more and more people need to to have that stirred up in their heart and rise up and uh, and do something about it. Um, now, Russ, I don't uh, I don't know how much time you we're, we're had. We're at an hour right now. Um, do you have more time? I don't want to keep you because I know it. You know it's late yeah. and you probably got a lot going on. Are you, you good to go to keep going? Yeah, I mean, you, I, have, I, you I, haven't eaten. I well, I I have um, I have special permission from my wife tonight. I've been doing Thanks this God. thing consistently to uh, to all. She's not going to go to bed. Like always, go to bed with your wife is kind of like the rule I'm living by. You know, mm. and uh, sometimes that means she has to stay up a little later. But we got a newborn. Thank she's, she's tell her thank you for us. But um, yeah, I can I can stay and talk because I know I know sometimes the questions you ask, I just go. So, well, no, it's OK, because there's just so much. And I actually have a list of questions, too, from some folks uh, from Twitter and a couple in here in the live chat now. Uh, maybe we'll hit a few of those uh, and it's going to take the conversation to keep going anyway. Um, one of the questions that I saw uh, from encouraging encouragement briefs uh, says, assuming abortion becomes illegal. Uh, what should the penalty be? And I would even I would add more on to that uh, because I know people are asking the question. So are you saying that everyone who has ever had an abortion should be charged with murder? And I'll let you go ahead and answer that. Yeah, no, you can't. 
retroactive punishment would not be just, especially on the part Correct. of a government that uh, has sanctioned it. Government that sanctioned it, gave him permission and protected him to do it, can't turn around and pass a law that's just and say, oh, and we're going to go out. The government would have to behead themselves. Um, which oh, I don't please. know. Maybe, right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe but, they should. Yeah, maybe, maybe we just solved the problem. Um, but no, so re- punishment can't be retroactive, shouldn't be retroactive. Um, and, you know, you know how, how you want to work that out, you know, they're, they're still standing before God. They still need to be forgiven. But there are many people in heaven that are post-abortive that have been forgiven and redeemed. And like they never suffered the punishment for that on earth and they're not suffering it in eternity. And so that's the grace of God. And hey, you know what? I've got the same grace for all the wickedness I've done. So yep. uh, we don't have to worry about that. Now, if there is, if you're talking about, say, in a state, they passed a law that criminalized abortion as murder first degree homicide. The penalty should be exactly the same as the penalty would be for like a dad who beat his three-year-old to death because he interrupted his uh, football game. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's you know, killing your child. What is that? Well, in States that have their heads screwed on, right. It's the death penalty in States that don't it's life in prison. Um, yeah. And so we, we need to equalize that. Um, we need to reform our justice system in various ways because, you know, putting people on death row for 40, 50 years is not just, uh, it's not right for the culture, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, believe in putting human beings in cages. Quite. Yeah, human beings in cages. And, and, and also, there's a certain sense where you want to know why murder is so bad. I mean, well, why do so many people murder each other like in a state, like a city like Chicago? Well, because there's a whole world to live inside the prison. You know, you start having people tried for murder penalty in a week, like you murdered someone there's it's caught on camera and there's witnesses. There's a trial. You're dead within a week. Uh, murder is going to go murder a little bit less. Yeah. Yep. A little yeah. Bit. Raise the penalty go. and you will yeah. you'll decline in the crime. Yeah, just yeah. and that's and that's that's the way God made us. That's the way we're our brains actually work. That's the way the world actually works. And that's what he told us to do. Whenever Noah got off that boat, that's what he said. Stop doing this. Yeah. Would, would you say just taking that question, right? And I'm not putting, I'm not trying to put words into that gentleman's mouth, but um, yeah. by even asking the question, like, what should the penalty be kind of implies like this, this thing that has died is just different from, you know, yeah. somebody who's two, three, four, 40. Yeah. It's the same. It is the exact it same. Consistent. It is a yep. human being. Yeah. Uh, human beings so value. You said it earlier. It's the imago day. It's they're made yeah. in the image of God, and you're in the image of God as a human. Doesn't rem- doesn't matter how useful you are, how talented, how old, whether you can feel pain, whether you have a beating heart. If you are made in the image of God, people are not supposed to murder you. And if they murder an image bearer. That's an attack on God that is so serious that God formerly flooded the world, but now expects governments to enact his Mm. justice, bear the sword. And so this is the wisdom of the way God wants us to do it. And it will make society better. It's not brutal. It's not mean. The number of women who are aborting their babies in a culture that treats it like homicide and unabashedly, you know, treats it as homicide is going to decline so much. If you talk to uh, women who've who've have murdered their babies 
and have since come to faith in Christ and repented of that sin, they will tell you they wouldn't, even when they were lost, they wouldn't have done it if it could have got them killed. Yeah. Or even put in prison for life. If it were considered murder, if it were not protected and legal and there was a freestanding place to go to, they wouldn't have done it. Like almost, there's like only one person I've ever seen um, say, like when that question's asked, would you have done it if the moment after you did it, you walked out, cops picked you up and you were tried for murder and you were treated as a murder? They all say, no, I would not have done it. The -hmm. only person who said that they would was Abby Johnson. But yeah, that's because well, she and was, then and there again, there will always be people out there that will. It doesn't matter what the law says; they're going to do it. They're going to do what they want to do because of the wickedness of their heart and the depravity of their heart. So, yeah, um, you're not going to stop everybody 100. percent Yeah, right. just just think about how prevalent murder would be if it were completely legal, murdering born people, or how prevalent rape would be if it were if men were allowed to do with their bodies whatever they wanted to do you couldn't go outside. It would be like Sodom and Gomorrah in this. It'd be the I mean, purge, man. It'd be it the would purge be, every yeah. day. Purge every yeah. day. And, and yeah. it would be chaos that generally, um, you know, the man of lawlessness, you know, he doesn't run hell, but hell is just a place of, you know, that it's just torment. It's like what people would do without law, without the yeah. love of God, without the grace of God, just total chaos, wickedness. And that's what we'd have. And uh, that's what the world was like. Um, up into the point of the flood. And and after the antediluvian period, you have government instituted among men to curtail primarily murder, you know, yeah. and, and theft and all that. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I think that the right way to think about it is to, to make sure you're thinking, okay, this is an abortion that's happening in a culture that said, this is murder, thou shalt not murder. If you do it, you're going to be trouble. Someone in that culture who knows that's the law, they already know in their heart what they're doing. But now they have the culture saying this is against the law. If they seek out an abortion in that culture and they go and they kill their kid, like in an alleyway or with a coat hanger or whatever, they get pills from somewhere. That is just even more clear that it was malice aforethought. Absolutely. That's a person who in in a culture where like say abortion has been abolished for a few years and someone sought out an illegal abortion and done it in their dorm room. And then they found the remains of the child and they got put, it's going to be like, not only is this wrong, morally reprehensible and evil and all this kind of stuff, it's clearly against the law that's been in the newspaper and on the news every day for three years. You broke the law that says, if you do this, you forfeit your life. And this is a grace. This is, You know, if the laws against murder are not quickly executed in a culture, the hearts of the children of men run speedily to do evil. That's what we have going on in our culture today. And I think that's Ecclesiastes 8, 11. Um, Yeah. But you can look it up on Bible Hub. But that's that's what we have. Uh, That is what we have in our culture. And the only way to stop it is to do what. Surprise, surprise. God told us to do. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're a year out and now we have all these extra babies what's what's the plan right that's the co- uh, common like comeback that comes them. to you <laughs> baptize them i'm just, yep. I'm just kidding <laughs> oh that's getting clipped somebody's gonna throw yeah. that up there oh yeah really like, russell said just baptize me that'd be okay oh no baptist i'm a baptist um <laughs> not to not to offend the presbyterians 
Uh, Are you a Reformed Baptist? There's only a few. There's only a few Presby's. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, no. The thing, the thing is, is like, uh, yeah, I don't run in any circles where people actually fight over the whole baptism thing. But I, I know it's just out there, it's so. on Twitter. You know, that's it. It's I, it's it's so funny. I, it's a funny argument. I make jokes about it, but I I sorry to derail things. I'll just, oh, just baptize. No, you're that's, good. They're in the covenant. You know, there are crazy people out there like, man, a baby that's aborted by their parents, they're obviously not in the covenant. I'm just like, man, you do not. That's oh, yeah, dude. Not go there. Um, talking about something. Well, let me ask you about. Um, let's ask I, about. I was now answer that, a question. I forgot. No, you're no, you you answered. Well, so with uh, with regards to Roe now being overturned, um, a few podcasts oh, yeah. you've you've talked about, uh, you know, the legislation that has been putting for that you've been putting forward uh, and it keeps getting shot down, you know, by these pro-lifers has, has Roe had an impact on that previously? And, and do you think with the overturning of Roe that will, it will help with the abolitionist bills or is, is Dobbs really still standing in the way? Okay. So the question he asked that we didn't answer was what do we do with all these babies? There aren't more babies. There aren't, there aren't more babies. There aren't less abortions. That's a myth. There are not less abortions. There are less counted abortions. But the number of chemical abortions from pills has skyrocketed. And all that's done is replace the number of abortions that are happening in a well, state. Well, I'm, I mean, just in, in the general sense that we have all these, we now would have, right? Because a, a fear of going to prison versus a fear of, you know, just handing it over to adoption. Um what 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 because we need reform in fostering we yeah. need reform in adoption yeah. so the what's event, the plan to take care of these one unwanted kids yeah okay so in the event that we abolished abortion there would be more orphans and then the church would have to practice pure and undefiled religion before god the father amen and that's a mass the problem in our culture is that and i think that's james 127 or whatever but like um i I think the problem is, is our culture uh, hates children <laughs> and people in our culture, whenever they're pregnant and they don't want children, they don't think go to the church for help. They think go to Planned Parenthood for help. And so yeah. I think a lot of that, you know, we need to cease to do evil and learn to do good. And I think a, there will be a learning to do good on the part of the church. And that will be an increased caring for true orphans and true widows. Um, but, and I think I saw it pop up as a comment. I don't know where the comments went. They, it was like, people are going to start loving their kids. Yeah. Um, it was Sam. He said more people would raise their children. Yeah. That that's, and, and the thing is, is sometimes, and I, you know, I don't think, I don't believe in any inherent goodness in people, but there's something about being made in the image of God. And there's certain things that are in, programmed into us. Uh, some of these people who had murdered their children, if they have those babies and look down at them, they will love them, you know, they're, but they're in a culture where it's like, you can't do this. You can't do this and finish school. You can't do this and be a actor or, or a musician. Right. you got to do this. You know what? That's unnatural. Did you know it's actually even natural to the lost person to love their children? You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's so. So, 
So when my daughter got here today, uh, and we talked about this on our last episode, Drew, like I didn't know how I was going to love this one the same way. I I mean, I love my daughter, my first daughter. Yeah, I just, he did. Like, he said that me. last podcast. I, he's like, how am I going to love one when I have I don't another know one? How. And then I, like, I'm looking at her and I'm just like, I – I love you, you know. Yeah, your fourth one will, your fourth one, you'll be like, I love you more than the first three. Oh, I yeah, I totally love my fourth more than my first one. <laughs> but she's my only daughter. She's my only daughter, so I, I think that's fair. She's your fourth and only. So she, yeah. yeah, no, there's 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 a certain amount. I mean, different people say different things about why God made babies cute. You know, even the evolutionary biologists are like, got, you got, babies got to be cute so you don't kill them in the in the crib um, for fair. your own genetic prosperity. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, as w- depraved as we are, like, we are supposed to love our, like, lost people make movies where parents lay down their lives for their children. It's just like, we have to create lies and deceptions that dovetail with that other part, that deeper part of our nature that parents would kill their children for themselves. Both are true. But in a culture where you have and because both are true, that's why God has government. And if you have government and that government bears the sword, we will see that l- the hearts of the children of men don't run to do as much evil. And yeah, for the problem, we do have another problem that the, the other side of that, you know, the sword of that is that if we get a population of people dependent on the state instead of the church or instead of the nuclear family, it all falls apart. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, completely this, this distorts the entire, which is where we're at kind of right now, right? I, I love that the spirit of God had, you know, whether you're looking at Isaiah, Isaiah uses the phrase fatherless children a lot. You know, you see it in a, in a number of the prophets, but you see it like in John the Baptist's dad, you know, like that Christ is coming to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, you know, and the whole like creation is like modeled after a father son relationship and all this kind of stuff. And there is something just about the fatherlessness in our culture, not just the way we treat the unborn, but just fatherlessness, men not being men and loving their children and not loving their wives. You want to know where abortion comes from? It's from that. It's it's that yeah. culture. of. It also infects the church, too. And that's why the church has not been as effective is because men have not been standing up to to lead the churches and to to take yeah. the. Yeah, to bear that burden and to to do what God has created them to do. Yeah. And children children grow up and they look at their dad, they don't see their dad standing in the gate calling for the establishment of justice for the fatherless. They don't see that. They see their dad, uh, you know, and I'm not I'm I'm a football fan, so I'm not knocking it, but they see their dad worshiping football and playing golf and all this kind of stuff. And so they just kind of emulate that, you know. Um, now I do think God, I mean, I didn't have a good dad, so no, I didn't either. God still is going to use people. But I think most people in our culture are just kind of, you know, being like the culture tells them and their parents have raised them. And, and so a lot of this where I think that the there is individual responsibility that's never absolved by saying, well, my culture tells me to do it. And there's pressure and my my dad like I've sinned in major ways. And I and I could have said, well, my dad was bad. But it's like, no, I did that. I drank mm-hmm. too much. My dad didn't drink too much. Right. That was, you know, and so yeah. there's he that. just drank too much also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you also so he, did it too. Yeah. 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 He did it. But that's but like I you can't, but that's in our culture. They want you to actually absolve yourself from any sin that you commit by, you know, 
you know, blame, you're a victim. And uh, guess what? In a certain very real sense, there are no victims. Maybe the, only, maybe the aborted child is the only non but yeah. there are no victims, you know, um, especially when you're talking about people running around trying to get off for, for, for sins and crimes that they've committed. So anyway, we're, we're all over the place, but so I, you said you're a football fan. I got to ask, since you're in Oklahoma, are you a chiefs fan? No. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Hey, because they're, they're the closest, uh, NFL. I mean, they're the best NFL. Team. Well, I'm a college football fan. Okay. And because I'm a college football fan, really, if I watch the NFL, it's to watch the OU players that ended up on a team play. And so since Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, you know, went, you know, so since there's, I know Patrick Mahomes better than Baker Mayfield, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't like him as much as I I'm like from him. Cleveland too. I'm a big Baker fan as well. Yeah. So yeah, he, he right. got you finally got you into the playoffs with a win, but so yeah. I'll watch. I don't watch a lot of NFL because I find the only way to watch the NFL is to watch it all. And uh, I can watch college by just watching whoever OU plays. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm not, I, I try to, I try to suppress it. My wife would, my wife told me the other day, she said, um, not the other day, but last year, she said, y- y- something's changed. You, you, you check, you check sports scores now. What's, are you okay? Like she said, <laughs> do you need to read your Bible? And I was like, um, you know, just I'm interested in the Sooners becoming good again. So I, I was uh, having to watch other football teams because the Sooners yeah. only won, you know, seven games. But all yeah, right, call. I got a I got a question from Nate uh, Nate Weiser. Uh, he says, assuming that we know that the pro life strategy is immoral, uh, why should we go the step further and refuse to ally with pro life organizations? Uh, we may have answered this, uh, but if you have any extra thoughts on that, I feel like we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. So that, so that question, that's like a heated question and, and a conversation within sort of part of the abolition movement right now, um, or part of like where the abolition, abolition movement sort of overlaps with some pro-life folks. Um, why should, let me rephrase the question. Sure. Why shouldn't we be unequally yoked? Mm. So if you go to second Corinthians chapter six, the don't be unequally yoked passage. Um, I believe that's like six fourteen. And you look at the context of that in that letter and we could do a Bible study here, but this is the part of the, this is the part of that letter where Paul is talking. You are ministers of the gospel. You are not to practice cunning. Like he said, don't practice cunning. You need to openly state the word of truth and bring people into contact with this ministry of reconciliation. You're light. It's dark. You have this responsibility. Don't practice underhanded ways. Don't be worldly wise. And then it gets to the, then it's 614. Do not be unequally yoked, right? And you look at it in the context. And I just say, anyone who's got a problem with this goes, the answer to that question is 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Um, you like start saying, well, what, what fellowship does, um, the church of the living God have with Belial, you know, right. And Belial is either, um, Satan, you know, the word for the devil, or if you go with, uh, Belier, which is in some of the, the, you know, it's men of lawlessness, 
It's like men of lawlessness. What fellowship do you have with men of lawlessness or with the law, the lawless one? Um, Mm -hmm. Well, okay. so you look at what the pro-lifers are doing and in their legislation, one of the things that's most common in their legislation right now is acquitting the guilty, which Proverbs, Psalms, the prophets, the law of God, God abhors and hates when we acquit the guilty. Whenever we show in part, whenever we're partial to the wicked or whenever we establish laws that are iniquitous, Isaiah 10, one through two, if you establish laws that are iniquitous, like they are iniquitous decrees that go forth, that give some people treatment that's different than other people, all are made in the image of God. God hates this. Now, the pro-life movement, that is actually, if you want to be really studious of it, it's the defining characteristic of all their legislation. Mm. It literally is. It shows they will put rape exceptions in there when they don't even yeah. believe in rape exceptions, but they'll put them in there because the culture can be polled and it can be shown that most people think abortion should be around the case of rape. Well, guess what? God hates it whenever we make laws that destroy the fatherless, when make the fatherless pray. Who's the most fatherless child in our culture? It's the son or daughter of a rapist. And we make Mm -hmm. laws. So pro-lifers are writing laws and passing them and celebrating them and holding blue and pink balloons and saying, this is a great (laughs) triumph. And they've got lines in their legislation that God burns with indignation against. Why can't we be friends with them? So maybe you can help me. Yeah, maybe you can help me with this because I'm having a lot of turmoil with what you're saying. Because I, I agree with you, but the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like, let's solve this one problem, and then I don't like, strategically. Have the Bible memorized, but... <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, I I know, I know. Is right? that Shakespeare, Logan? Is no. that what you're quoting there? I, I I'm thinking this like strategically. Let's worry about this, and then I because I agree with you. It's just. I'd rather, man, no, I don't want to lock arms. Okay, so I don't know how to explain this. I I don't want to create tension where there doesn't need to be just yet when we can work together to do, I don't know, man. I I agree with you and just. I think you just got to back up and I got to go like, okay, so here's what I kind of think and feel and stuff. Let me just sort of like put that aside. Let me go to the word of God and, you know, look at this. there, There are instances in the word of God where, You've got like, like, um, you know, Nehemiah building a wall and then these other people want to build a wall and they're not as bad, but they want to do this thing. And they got all these different ideas and like come down from the wall and like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they're not as bad as like maybe the Assyrians or the Babylonians or the Persians or whatever, you know, and God's like, don't do that. Don't do that. So there, there is a certain sense where the first part of the answer is, is like, if you can go from Genesis to the book of the Revelation and you can read all that and you can find that God actually is a big fan of you sort of, you know, working with the enemy of your enemy, who is, according to his scripture, the enemy, enemy. the enemy, because um, they're not actually like and there are lots of enemies that look like. Friends, which is also taught in scripture. There are lots of um, wolves that look like sheep and angels that aren't angels or they're fallen angels. But there's a lot of angels of light. And there's a lot of people who deny that Christ has come in the flesh and that he's the son of God. And according to the word of God, they're the Antichrist. 
And so mm-hmm. like working with Antichrist is something that I don't think you should do, even if in your human wisdom, you're like, well, I should probably work with Mormons. Mormons think abortion's bad. They are Antichrist, but no, you one, you don't need to because you're doing something that offends Almighty God and he's not working with you anymore because if you yoke yourself with people that hate him or deny him, deny him he's not with you. And so you've traded in your mind the strength of like this coalition with all these enemies over standing with God. And you with God alone is more powerful than you with all these other pragmatists. Amen. But Man, preach. That's, yeah, that's that's the that's the actual biblical answer. But it makes sense and it's a reality. Um, why work with people who are undermining you? Yeah. Um, pro-lifers want abolitionists to work with them on what? Acquitting right. the guilty? Uh, I've already talked about Dobbs and how, how devastatingly wicked Dobbs is. And some people want to celebrate it. And you're like, why is Dobbs bad? Because it was written by pro-lifers. Yeah. And the thing that they wanted was the repeal of Roe without the criminalization of abortion. So you elect a pro-life president who appoints pro-life justices. The pro-life justices are in a majority. And what do they do? They sit down and they write a document saying, if California wants to kill 500,000 babies, they can. It's a constitutional right. And we think that that's what the, the, the nation needs to do. It's wicked. So why can't we work with them to abolish abortion? Because they're not trying to abolish abortion. They're trying right. to be anti-abortion yeah. and pro-life, but not establish justice. And the other one, and I don't know if anyone's asked this because I can't, I can't read the. You can't see the comments. <laughs> I, I just clicked it. I didn't. I, I had it on something. I had it on private chat, and you know, I was talking to y'all. But the other thing is, is like people are like, why can't we work with Catholics? And you're like, well, it just yeah. depends on whether we truly, truly believe that the gospel is the answer to abortion. That's Amen. kind of where this question was coming from, where that little turmoil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get the turmoil. I, I mean, I, 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 I get, get it. I'm with you. Like, where? When did you start standing on such a a uh, black and white stance on it? Was that early on in in your movement in your activism, or was it was that gradually developed over time, where you just started saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to hold yeah. hands with you because you're not representing this this need appropriately? Uh, Well, I came to this by reading the abolitionists of slavery in large part, and they were virulently anti-Catholic. So the, the leaders of the abolition movement against slavery were not Catholic and basically called it, you know, Roman cult, papism, all this kind of stuff. And they didn't need the Catholics to abolish slavery and all this kind of stuff. And there were some Catholics who did, but by and large, they were they were either gradual abolitionists or pro-slavery. Um, but the abolitionists of slavery that I read were all a bunch of sort of like Protestant evangelical Bible believers. And um, and so I think I think I, I knew that and I read that. And then when I was looking at the pro-life movement and I was like, man, this is a very Catholic thing. And in large part, they have the reputation of being really pro-life. Um, the Catholic church is, you know, claims to be the, the, the OG pro-lifers and, uh, you know, I, I'll let them own that. That's fine. And, you know, that's why that whole ideology and strategy is so defunct because Catholics can't treat it like murder. Cause that's a, you know, kind of an unforgivable sin. And so, uh, yeah, so 
I, I think I had thought about a lot of that before I even started doing anything, you know, circa 2010. Um, but I, I may have the fortunate, as far as like black and white, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm, I'm more in touch with Puritans than I am with modern people. Um, and they, they'd be like black and white. No, this is just truth, you know, but I understand it, but I, I do live in a state, um, that's not filled with Catholics. Oklahoma doesn't have tons of Catholics. Like we literally could abolish abortion in Oklahoma. If the only people that voted to do it were Southern Baptist. Wow. We don't need a single Catholic. And then you're like, well, wait, but if you don't have the Catholics, you'll never do it. And I'm like, um, if you actually know about what actual Catholic, and I talk to lots of Catholics who are pro-abortion on the streets, right? But if you know the actual makeup, you look at Catholics, over half of them are voting for the Democrat candidate. Mm. They don't care. Like the church has the reputation of being um, anti-abortion. But the regular normal Catholic, like that, there are tons of them that are liberal and pro-abort and all this kind of stuff. And so. JFK, that, he was Democrat. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> Joe Biden, you know, like. Oh, uh, yeah. um, oh man. You, you know, know uh, Nancy Pelosi, you know, she's like, give me my communion, priest. Um, right. So so I, I just think that the idea that we need Catholics uh, you know, and someone says, well, don't say all this stuff against Catholics. You say all this stuff, your TikTok videos will go down and you no, they won't. Because you know what? Catholics are not actually as interested in this as Bible believing Christians. And they don't have the gospel and they don't have the actual strategy. They don't have a strategy built on the Bible. Yoking with them can only slow you down. It really and, and, it, and it could be just like a, a knowledge issue or a faith issue or something like that. But literally, if you are going to if you were a beast of burden and you were pulling a wagon and you had to get it a hundred yards to get a touchdown and you were going to yoke yourself with the lamest, weakest animal <laughs> yeah. the moment you got there and you're like, where are we going? They're like, where are we going? And you're like, well, the end zone, what's in the end zone, criminalizing abortion. And that animal tried to run the other way. You would be nuts to yoke with them. Mm. They literally do not want to criminalize abortion. And guess what? They don't like the death penalty. So they disc they 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 hate God's justice, and they don't believe and they believe that we should acquit the guilty who who murder their children. It's Romans, one thirty two. For they know that God's decrees against these things, these people who do these things ought to die. Yeah, they allow them to do them because yeah. they do them themselves. Mm. So I know it's a rant, and it's going to cost abolitionist rising nothing because we don't need to work with a single Catholic on God's green earth. To abolish abortion. So it yeah. seems like and I'm a lot of voting for us, but I'm not okay. I, I'm well, I'm talking about yoking with them in the work. Right. I'm not saying Catholics who have their heads screwed on straight shouldn't vote for abolition or support abolition. There are some Catholics right. that are like, Russell, I don't like you're not being a cat. They call it anti-Catholic. I just call it being a Protestant. Like true, true Catholic. I'm still protesting. Yeah. <laughs> It's the 96th theses. Um, the, the, the nice <laughs> don't work with Catholics in the in the battle against nice. child sacrifice because they're the controlled opposition. So how would you get? So somebody's listening to this and and thinking, man, there's, I, I I'm convinced I got to do more. Uh, what are some steps that someone can do 
uh, from your perspective, um, I, and I'll say just recently, I just got connected with the Abolish Abortion Missouri group, uh, had a great conversation uh, with Wesley Scroggins. He's, he wants me to get on board. He's, he's looking forward to it. I'm, like I said, I'll be out there on Thursday. Um, but what are some steps uh, from your perspective, since you've been doing this for a long time, that the, mm. uh, the, the new recruit can take the, to get involved? I need a sign. Jump in? I need a mm-hmm. sign to start. I want a sign, just a one that awesome. I can lean on, like you do, where you just oh, yeah. lean you on. You got to have the Russell yeah. lean, man. It's like a known yeah, thing now. You just see him. <laughs> yeah, it, it it protects you. But then you get home and you got like it looks like you've been like trying Cutting. to end your life or something. But my, my wife's always like, "What did you do?" And I'm like, "Aha, you know." But um, <laughs> hey, I'll, you want to? We sell signs, but you know, yeah, I'm gonna I'll buy two one. of them this week. Actually, yeah. I I don't know how much they cost. But Thirty bucks. We don't, we don't make enough off of them. <laughs> but yeah. the, the problem is the coroplast. That's where they get you. It's like, where do you find coroplast that's cut to that right size? You know, we got to fix that problem. But um, but people don't have to start at the level of science. Like, right? Not every like some people don't get involved with this because they think the only way to be involved in it is to hold the sign, and that's just street ministry. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not. not it's not the only like. There, there's a certain sense where it's like. Everyone should do that some or could do that or do it once or do it lots. I don't, you know, it's not, I don't think it's a special calling or anything like that. I mean, frankly, it's not something that I like enjoy doing. Like, let's go. Oh, like I would rather do this than watch football. You know, it's not, it's not something that's like, Ooh, this is exciting. Um, but it's something that you're like, you make yourself do because you're, you know, trying to carry out the great commission in a culture that kills its children. But um, but you don't have to start with the signs. I think you can start with things like shirts and drop cards and just sort of making yourself known. Like even maybe before that, it's it's like clearly identifying yourself as an abolitionist and telling people that you're an abolitionist and what that means. Have a conversation in your family, in your church, like in your Sunday school. You'd be surprised if you go to a church that's large enough and not super engaged with you you'd be surprised how many people sitting in the pews with you are kind of like just repeating the world's lies like well it's her body it's her choice you can't say anything about it in your aunt, blah blah you know so i think having lots of conversations is a good place to start and those will be easier the more you watch the more you read the more mm. you think uh, the more you engage oh. i mean stuff like this like what you're doing because um whoever watches your show is not the same people that probably watch uh our show your videos yeah yeah so it's yeah. kind of like you're exposing people. So watching these things, thinking about them, you don't have to agree with everything I said, but um, you will eventually. <laughs> but um, no, that's, a, that's a good point, though, to where to start is just like maybe address yourself as an abolitionist, right? Because I started calling myself like when people are like, oh, what denomination are you? I'm like, I, I just I really like the Puritans, man. And I kind of try to model stuff off of what I, I what I see in them. Um, yeah, and that kind and of provokes a, a conversation about the doctrines of grace and stuff like that. So, and you find yourself actually talk going very quickly to the things that are important that you know about and that you can talk about, and it's just by being willing to say that. Like um, you could have said, "I'm a Christian," you know, and the conversation mm-hmm. could end. Just like I'm pro life, and they're like, "Okay, cool, me too." But that person may or may not, you know, believe in criminalization, defying Roe, you know, nullification, all, you know, whatever the government says, they, they, they may be personally pro-life. They tell you that they're an abolitionist. You're like, okay, I know you're not personally an abolitionist because that word itself 
means that you're posing it on society and law. But so using the right language with people is super important. And that's why we are so fixated on it. Um, but I, I mean, I think getting involved, there are like we have the Abolitionist Rising website, which we have an actual website. It's not just like YouTube. It's like Abolitionist Rising dot com. And it's Abolitionist Rising, not an abolitionist rising it's abolitionist rising um we have a map on there and you can click the the map like your state and it'll take you to like the state of abortion in your state like what the laws are what's going on do you have abortion mills that sort of thing and then it'll tell you if there's an abolitionist group so like missouri there's an abolitionist group uh kansas an abolitionist group and and you can click on it and you can go to their website and then you can meet up with them because chances are like the abolitionist movement is still incipient to a certain sense, but they're, they're everywhere. Uh, and they may be feeling really lonely. Like I go and yes. do this, but it's just me and like six other people on a good day. Um, so I think getting involved, signing up, finding people don't, don't expect people to come grab you and take you to an abortion mill or take you to a college campus. Um, you know, People are not necessarily going to send you a sign in some literature. Uh, you might have to go get that stuff. You might have to go right. track people down. But um, I don't know. One way to answer the question is a little harsh is like, say you knew that there was a place in your city where there were three-year-olds. You could take a three-year-old and in the, in the in a dark room in a basement, they would be basically, um, you know, brutally murdered. What would you do if you knew about that? People showed you pictures. They told you where it was at. What would you do? Whatever you would do for them, do for the preborn babies. Um, and you'll get, you'll get pretty creative. Uh, it'll it'll make you want to hold a sign, you know, stand out in front of those places and tell people to stop dropping their three-year-olds off. Um, we've just, it's so hard for us to see the, the preborn image bearer rightly. Yeah. Um, if we start doing that, a lot of these things that we think, yeah, but these yep. moms and their plight, yep. you're like, you start seeing it from the baby's perspective. You're like, I think it's because that- as a culture and as a society, we don't really function as it, that, that it encompasses like the Imago Dei as a whole, right? We kind of do value people by what they bring to the table that we do associate different worth to able-bodied, oh, yeah. you know, certain particular types of people and we treat them differently right we you know don't people see them like that, people who are part of our state or country like the the pro board is always like well if i had a baby in one hand and a petri dish was an embryo and now we're going to drop both of them which would you catch well they're they're putting both. you in this yeah <laughs> you say both i say you can't catch both i've just started saying oh the embryo for sure and they're like huh? <laughs> Because the embryo is not likely to live, um, you know, if it's like a pre-implanted uh, embryo that's about to be like uh, placed in an, you know, embryo adoption or something and a baby. It's like, well, that's that's rough on the baby. That's hardcore. But the, the truth of the matter is, is most people would actually catch the baby because instinctually you see baby cute, you know, and you just do that. But that doesn't mean that you don't think that that embryo should be protected or that they aren't human. It just means that. Well, we think things with faces are easier to relate to. If, if someone's like your kid and some other person's kid, 
one's going to die, which one? Your kid. But that doesn't mean you think was, other people yeah. are kids. That's what I was going to say. I was going to kind of associate that. Like, forgive me if this doesn't sound like this sounds ignorant, but it, we kind of operate that way on a daily basis, right? Where we would catch the baby because um, we would, like, odds are that this is going to live and that isn't. And so my efforts need to be moved to this direction. So how do we, I don't know if we can shift that in, in a culture. It just doesn't, as of right it's like a gotcha thing, but it shouldn't have any bearing on law. It's like, yeah, if um, if my neighborhood's on fire, I'm running into my house. Right. But that doesn't mean yeah. I think the other kids should die. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of these things that's just like people say as if as, as if it's smart, but it's just dumb as nails. Now, yeah, I'd be now like I asking, <laughs> you got your mother and your sister, and somebody's got a gun to their head, and one of them has to go. I mean, it's the same. You could use that same line of logic. It that you know you want to save both. You that's the ideal. Uh, and hopefully no one's ever in that impossible scenario. Yeah. And it's just a, and it's just a dumb, weird, random disanalogy. It's not, it's not even a good analogy. It's that you right. just say like, listen, that's an interesting sort of like thought experiment, but we're talking about, do you believe that mothers who find themselves with child can terminate their children in the womb? Stop with the, <laughs> I right. don't because I think, you know, humans are valuable and made in the image of God and no one has the right to murder. Um, and so a lot of that stuff is just designed to divert the, the conversation. But I think some people tying to the what can people do? I think people need to stop being scared of yes. going out and talking to people. Um, I think that's probably the reason a lot of people don't do it. That's one of the things I think we're hoping to do with our YouTube channel is make them less scared and give them lots of. Um, you are, and it's working. I yeah, and, and just from what I've like, just from what I've gotten from you in this past two hours is that stand firm on the truth of God's word, right? Like, don't like don't let any of those other factors like, what if I don't say the right thing, or if I can't, like, or if I get yelled at, like. You are yeah. you are representing a holy and righteous God and standing up for the Imago Day and you do not back down from that and you need to take a stand, you know. Like and he's, he's living and active. He, yes, he's and living. He is the living God. Like people are like, you wanting me to like, like you know, the, like Moses is the immediate abolitionist and Pharaoh's the pro-life incrementalist. He's like, well, I'll let your your men go, but not your women. I'll let your men and women go, but not like the children. I'll let the men, women, and children grow, but not the animals. And Moses is like, not a hoof will remain in Egypt. And you're like, okay, so God is an immediate abolitionist and the devil is an incrementalist. Don't be an incrementalist. And people will be like, yeah, but that was Moses. And I want to say, and we have more than Moses. That's Moses prior to the Ten Commandments and the law of God. Like we have Christ, the Holy Spirit, the entire word of God. And guess what? He's our helper. And he tells yes. us to go make disciples in all the nations. It's like, come on. So when you go out, if you can stop thinking, and I know this is, I'm not trying to be mean to whoever's just sort of like really new to this. Because I think most people are kind of like, yeah, no, this is still terrifying. But yeah, we we sound like extremists for sure. Yeah, but 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 like, trust me, like the it, it sounds so hard. I'm just gonna say it the way that I say it. It's like it is a lack of faith, and it's bordering on atheism. Mm, I agree. It really is because like if you go, if yeah. you're, I'm so scared. I mean, think about it. 
I'm so scared to go out on a college campus and talk to a bunch of godless liberals. Is that because you think that God isn't real, has no power, and that his word is not true, and that you've not been sanctified in the truth? Like, what do you, why are you so scared of these little kids that don't even know um, that there are only two genders? Like, what, what's, like, the, like, these people don't even know what sex they are. Right. And you're worried that they're going to best you in an argument? I mean, it's just, it, it, I think, I mean, again, it's harsh, but I think it's like that person, I don't think that means they're an atheist or an unbeliever or anything like that. I'm not right. saying that. Don't, don't get me wrong. But right. if they think about it, there is a, a lack, of, lack faith. of faith. You know, I need to go because like the, um, the we renounce disgraceful, underhanded, cunning ways and just openly declare the gospel like because we're not ashamed. So that's that's Paul. But like that's. Paul, again, we're not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. So it's like, um, why are you scared? And and if you go out and people hear the gospel and they don't repent, well, did you think it was going to be they were repenting because the way you shared it? You can mm-hmm. share it good. You should share it good. You should speak the truth in love. But ultimately that person's rejecting God is between them and God. You know, it's not, it's not you. And so I just think that being scared, depressed, pessimistic, all that stuff, there's just a very, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a problem. The weakness of um, the church, I don't get in too much of a diatribe against the church, but yeah, you want to judge the state of the church in our culture. There's 63 million murdered image bearers in our midst. Amen. All right, my friend. Well, I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna get ready to close it out here. We're coming up on two hours. I do want to be respectful of your time because you've given us your time, and it's been uh, a blessing. Yeah, I my, think we've had a we've had a really my good, wife you... and uh, here, here this is going to be the text I send back to her, um, so she knows we're still going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. <laughs> it's going to be like, what are you sending me? She's like, you're just mocking me now at this point. Yeah. No, she said, yeah. don't mess up your uh, yeah, commitment to not work overnight. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going strong in like a couple of months on that. So no, you're you know, we, we do appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Abolitionists Rising is the website. Uh, is there anywhere else that people can go real quick before you take off that uh, uh, that you would recommend? Um, yeah, I mean, there are a million places to go. I don't know if we have a, a big link page up yet on our that's easy, but you, you really should go to abolitionist rising and go to the state and see if there's an abolitionist group in your state or close to your state. Um, and then there's a list. We have this thing called the Norman statement where we've written out, I think Wesley Scroggins was one of the guys that helped draft that. We we've written out like abolitionist, you know, ideology, doctrine, that sort of th- stuff. Yeah. And then people have signed it. So groups, that's what we use to decide like, okay, is this a group that's like really with us? Like, they're abolitionists and they're not some kind of like, I'm an abolitionist, but I'll work with anyone. To, if you want to find someone that really is in line with all this, um, the the way to find them and kind of trust them to at least the degree that we're able, believing them when they sign the statement, those URLs that are on the pages on our, our map. Now, I don't think we've put every 
website. Like, I don't think every group that signed the Norman statement is represented on the map, but there are, um, I'm so I think it looks like I'm on Twitter, but I'm kind of not really on Twitter. Oh, I I know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But when I scroll a little bit on Twitter, there, there are lots of, there's like, you know, steadfast women, abolition women, uh, you know, there's, I, I would say like, if I were to say like other organizations besides our, our own, like rescue those, um, dot org is it, they've got a great, like if you're new and say you're new and you're, you're particularly from sort of, uh, a reformed theological background mm-hmm. and, and really like people who, uh, will really defend and exegete passage of scripture in defense of abolitionism and lay it all out. Um, rescue those. I believe it's rescue those.org. Yeah. Is it.org? Not.com. It's, well, I just put what you said, so I could be yeah. putting it on there wrong. <laughs> yeah. So if it, if rescue those.org goes to the wrong place, rescue those.com um, is a good one where you're going to get lots of sort of just sermons. Like for people like want to, I want to hear like, okay, Russell's crazy. Like, I don't even know what he's talking about, but I want to hear like sermons from pastors of local church. I'm not a pastor. Like, want to hear that laid out in that fashion. Um, a lot of great lectures have been collected together on the Rescue Those um, website and on their YouTube channel. And there's an and it app. And org. Yes, it uh, is .org. Is .org. And there's an app. They have an app that you can put on your phone and you can just sort of like go through playlists of sermons. Um, and, and so... And there's sermons on there from Dusty Devers, Brett Baggett, Blake Gideon, abolitionist pastors. A lot of them are Oklahoma, but there's more outside of Oklahoma. Our YouTube channel as well. Um, you'd mentioned um, some other organizations. Um, they're really they're multiplying um, quite a bit. But I think that people aren't plugged into one. They do need to go and show love. They need to like things, share things, let the algorithm, you know, I'm like, man, who's watching our stuff? Well, it's good to know that you're like sitting and getting in, getting in trouble with your wife. Cause you're, uh, you're binge watching, um, shorts that helps it. I mean, you don't need to be convinced, but that helps, you know, yeah. liking and sharing that stuff. So yeah, I do that. And, and I think we have a store. Um, I, I feel like I want to say somebody else's store, but I don't know other stores. And I, I don't know if into now is a store. They may have a store, but um, getting T-shirts, getting pamphlets, getting books, just buy stuff. Just grassroots movements, basically. Just do it from your local level, wear shirts, pass out flyers, do all that. Yeah. Yep. And and uh, just do just constantly saying, what would I want done for me if I were in this situation? And then do that. Perfect. All right, my friend. Well, again, thank you so much. I'm going to take, let me take this banner off, put your banner up one more time, abolitionistrising.com. Russell Hunter, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, man. And God bless you. We will be, uh, we will be supporting you and uh, hopefully more folks will come along and and do the same. So take care. Awesome, brother. And uh, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us with uh, Doctrines of Rad podcast, episode 40. And we are done. It's good.